Please turn into your Bibles to this morning's scripture, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. If you'd like to follow along using a pew Bible, you can find the passage on page 909. Please stand for the reading of God's word. Hear the word of the Lord. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them by his sufferings, by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up. A cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and, he, and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from heaven, taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, what a what a scene. What an event, a historic event it was when you gave those words to your people before ascending to be with your Father. And how amazing that, that we have those words preserved and that they were, yes, for those people that day, but they're for us until you come again. So, Lord, will you teach us of that? Teach us of our role in this. And we ask for this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Before we get started, I want to mention a couple of things. One is that... uh, If you were in the Great Hall, you have received uh, our Mission Focus Beacon. Uh, If you weren't uh, able to be there this morning, uh, they will be available at both doors, and I would encourage you to get one of these. Uh, It gives uh, pictures of those we are partnering with. It talks about uh, who we're supporting, how we are supporting them. It's an important resource. not just for information, but for prayer. And then speaking of prayer as well, uh, I would encourage you to 
be praying for our youth choir. Uh, a little more than half of them are away, 20-something uh, youth are away today, and they are singing, as I understand it, a Baptist church. And uh, I know they will be blessed uh, from what I understand. This is uh, in the, um, by the coast. And uh, I know they'll be blessed. I understand that uh, that church doesn't have any young people. So uh, pray for those youth as they minister, probably as we are worshiping right now. And I've got some, <clears throat> I hope, encouraging news for us today, uh, I am not going to talk about politics or the coronavirus. <laughs> Aren't you relieved? <laughs> now, I'm not saying those things are unimportant. In our life, they are important. Um, but we here in South Carolina have been rather uh, inundated rather with, with both. And uh, to me, it's, it's a relief this morning to talk about things that aren't just going to affect us uh, for the next four years uh, in terms of politics not just things that may affect us short-term in terms of our uh, health and the world's health, which those are important things, but we're going to talk about things that have eternal meaning. And so here's, here's where we are going today. We just had a, a, a wonderful presentation uh, in the Great Hall of where our faith mission giving dollars went uh, and how God used our teams this year that have traveled and uh, the finances that you all have given so far. And um, I, I was just so encouraged. Uh, and I knew all those things, but to, to see them all at one time. Um, but what we're going to do, and, and we talked about a lot of details down there. What we're going to do in the next few minutes is we are going to back away from the details and we're going to take what is often called the 30,000 foot view. In other words, we're, we're going to see the big picture of global missions here at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. So if you're visiting with us, and this is your first Sunday here, uh, as Mark mentioned, this is actually a great Sunday in terms of seeing our heartbeat, which uh, missions is at the heartbeat of St. Andrew's. But I'll tell you also, it's not necessarily a typical Sunday in terms of our message. Uh, we each quarter have a quarterly mission focus. For this quarter, the first quarter of the year, we're doing it over two Sundays. Uh, and, and then following that, we will be entering into what would be our more typical morning messages. 
as uh, we go through books of the Bible, and uh, I can't wait. We are getting ready to start 2 Corinthians, which is an amazing book. So that'll be um, three weeks from today, but uh, I'm glad you're here for today as we, as we look at uh, our, our global mission focus. So um, you might have seen the title. I, I'm, I've called it the one, two, three of SAP missions. Uh, I've thought about calling it mission by the numbers because there are um, numbers involved in what I'm about to share with you. The first thing we need to understand is that there is one calling with three aspects. Almost sounds Trinitarian, uh, I know. But we heard uh, that calling, at least one form of the calling of what we would call uh, the Great Commission, Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So here's the, here's the bottom line with that. Because God has called us to global missions, we as a church should go, give, and pray for those across the street, across the country, and across the world. That's it. That's what we believe here at St. Andrews. And that last part, uh, I guess you could say, is kind of our motto here when we talk about uh, our, what we do in terms of missions, that it's across the street, across the country, and across the world. And that's the three aspects to this, this one calling. So I want to flesh that out a little bit before we move on to other, other numbers. But what we need to understand is that global mission does not begin when we cross the ocean. Global missions begins where your skin ends. You get it? In other words, that which is outside of ourself. It's not just when we, we get on a plane and, and go overseas. But as soon as we walk into this lost and dying world, we are a light. And as a light in the world, that is what we are to do, is to share Christ with the world. To be obedient to the Great Commission in, in Matthew and here in the book of Acts, our view of mission cannot stop at our country or state line or at the borders of the United States, but it, it expands all the way across the globe. So let's start with the first part of, uh, of fulfilling this calling, and, and that's across the street. To be sustained, our world missions needs a strong local focus. To be valid, our local focuses must be national 
and have a global component as well. So it's not an either or thing when we're talking about missions. If it doesn't have all of those areas of focus, we're preaching a truncated gospel that's, that's provincial. In other words, saying right here, this is the most important thing. If all we do is that which is right around us. But if we don't do anything around us and all we do is go far away, where even though that can be difficult, sometimes sometimes there are easier aspects of sharing our faith when we're not around those we know. And so that's why the across the street, right around us, is essential as well. Now, how are we trying to fulfill that? We have a ministry literally across the street from the church, which in God's providence, uh, he, he put a school there or he put us here or both in his providence. And so we have sought to partner with that school in uh, just a number of ways. I heard someone in our community that was talking about our church. They are not affiliated. They just knew of us through one of our ministries. And they said this. They said, St. Andrews does everything but sweep the floors over there. Now, that was, that was a big exaggeration, but it, it, was, it was really cool to hear somebody who knew that, that we have a relationship with that school. So, what do we do? Well, we have school time Bible with students from there. That's, that was in the first nine weeks of this year and for a number of years. This year we had 56 students. And uh, what we do is, and it's amazing, it's still legal. Pray that it stays that way. But it's an elective during the school day. We have volunteers that walk across bring students over here. They sign up for it as an elective class like they would a language or, or band or something like that. They, they come over here. We teach them. We have full freedom to teach them the gospel and the word of God. And then we walk them back and we're able to do that uh, for the first nine weeks. This year we had 56 students and we've had more sometimes in, in years past and there were 10 professions of faith. Oh my. How amazing that is. Right now we're involved with Good News Club at uh, Irmo Elementary. The first week they had 48 children and one made a profession of faith. There are 14 volunteers involved with that. Across the street we do snack packs which currently feeds 35 children every weekend. Children that wouldn't have food if, uh, for the weekend because they get their meals mostly at school. The number fluctuates. But you, we are doing that. Our church has mentors that are over there. In our community, we also work with the grieving and the poor through sharing God's love with the sick and the least of these through happy wheels. And we're continuing to seek to build bridges 
across the street. Sometimes it's literally across the street and sometimes just in our area. That's our Jerusalem. And then also the, the next aspect is a, a, across the country. Uh, we're currently helping support two church plants. We have four Reformed University Fellowship ministers. Uh, that's the campus ministry uh, of our denomination. And included in that are two that are with Reformed University Fellowship International. One of them speaking next Saturday morning at the, at the men's heart healthy breakfast. Okay, you can believe everything else I will say from up here from now on. But uh, Reformed University Fellowship International uh, ministers to the international scholars that come to our country uh, for their college, their graduate and postgraduate education. Uh, these are, are future leaders in their own country, and we're reaching out to them uh, with Christ. This year again, we're sending a team to uh, Native Americans in, in the Northwest. We have a team of 21 going in July. And then across the world. Uh, in 2006, we determined that for the health of our mission ministry, we would choose focus areas. We call them that because in each area, we can go deeper. We, we can travel there. We can get to know people there. We can partner with churches there. And they travel to us as well. And we can go back and forth and build deeper and deeper uh, relationships. So here's the beauty of that. And we just heard it about, uh, about Haiti, how uh, going there, we, we've seen relationships uh, that were built and uh, um, how, how going to the, the Lummi Native Americans, how going there bore witness and began ministries that we didn't even know about until recently. But here's the beauty. When, when uh, we, our team goes to Ukraine in May, we are going to be familiar faces to many of the people there. They'll know our names. We know many of their names. They know our stories. We know many of theirs. I've preached there and taught there a number of times, and others on the team all have relationships from previous trips there. So what are our four focus areas? It's Bulgaria, England, Haiti, and Ukraine. How in the world, you may be wondering, did you pick those countries out of all the countries in the world? Each one has a story where God providentially uh, directed us to them and some of them to us, to where we said, yes, that's an area that we desire to commit to. And I don't have the, the time to share those stories. So our missions involves one calling. And then here's the second number. There are two ways of fulfilling the calling. Two ways we can be obedient 
to the calling we have. We can go or we can partner. What do we mean go? Well, in Matthew 28, I referred to that earlier, the great commission. Here's how it begins. Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And Jesus promises, and, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. The Acts 1, 8 that we read earlier. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's easy. That's close by. In all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's talking about going. It's not talking about just staying. It, it is saying be, your wit be my witnesses while you're here, but it's going to be broader. That's how I am going to expand my kingdom. Now, when I came to this church clear back in 2006, I said this, that we would be praying that God would raise up from our congregation those that would go into ministry full time. I warned you about that. And I also warned you that God may call some of your children in order to fulfill that. And he has done that. And some of your children have gone. Some of mine went, too. Next week, one of the young mission families that we will be meeting were from my previous church. And he grew up there, and we prayed the same thing in that church. So it's amazing for me to see how God loves to answer that prayer. So going is one way we fulfill this. But the other, not everybody is called to go. And so if you can't go, you, you can partner and still fulfill that one calling. Philippians 4 verse 15 says this. You Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Now this is the Apostle Paul and he's, he's talking uh, when he uses that term partnership. I don't usually give you the, the Greek words because I don't know most of them but there are some that, that I do know and this word partnership is from the word koinonia. Now, lots of people use that term koinonia. And you may know it. It has to do with fellowship with one another. And that's what he's talking about. That this partnership is a real fellowship. It's a real connection that believers have with one another. And he's talking about how, how this church partnered with him, connected with him, and it, and, uh, it, it was, it, it, it was a, an outward focus. They didn't have to do that. 
as he says. So there's one calling and two ways to be obedient. Going and partnering. And then the third number is there are three ways to partner. So the one, two, and three. So let's talk about that. The Philippian believers had entered into partnership with Paul through their assistance to him. So to them, the koinonia was not just sitting around holding hands and singing kumbaya or, or something like that. Okay, that might be part of fellowship, but it was real and it was, it was tangible because he knew that that they were not only praying for him, but, but they sent money to him. He could have said, you people don't have enough money to send to me, but you did it anyway. Now that's a partner. And I'm able to keep going because of our partnership. He saw that so much of a partnership he said that whatever reward I get, you share in that. Isn't that amazing? So when we partner with those that go, or we partner with ministries that are outside of ourselves, if there's anything good that takes place, if God uses any of that to advance his kingdom, like we saw this morning in the great hall, we are beneficiaries as well. He said, you all get the blessing from that as well. It's, we are such partners that it's as if you were here. That's what the koinonia is. That's why that's important to understand. So what are the three ways to partner? One is to go short term. As I, I mentioned, we have a team going to uh, the Northwest. We have folks going to Ukraine, Spain, England, and Canada this year, Lord willing, all of those. We had a team that was going to Haiti, but when we had to make the decision for locations, and we sent one last year, but this year when we were making uh, the decisions, things were unsafe in Haiti, and, and we could not, and the ministry there 100% agreed that it was not the right time to be sending teams there. Lord willing, we'll send them back in the future and have people there again. You're also going when you partner with a local ministry. When you're part of school time Bible or or good news clubs, or sharing God's love. That's a way to partner, and that's a way to go as well. Remember, going isn't just if you go overseas. We do not devalue these ministries that are across the street and across the country. A second way to partner is to pray. Philippians 1, verse 19 Paul again, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my 
deliverance. Every week in the worship guide, uh, we, we have a page uh, where it gives you details of ways you can pray for our partners who are involved in various missions, those across the street, those across the country, and those across the world, every single week. And we encourage you to do that, and we pray for that from the pulpit here as well. This Wednesday, we are having a particular focus, and uh, it will be on uh, Wednesday evening. We won't have our regular classes um, on D-night, but instead we'll have our meal, and then we will gather for moments of prayer. Now, some of you are thinking, ooh, I don't like to pray out loud. I get all uncomfortable, and so I don't think I will come. I encourage you to be there. Every, every prayer event that uh, we have had here, I have had it uh, at tables I've sat at, uh, usually um, uh, one or more who don't pray out loud. But I'm so thankful they're there because I know they're praying. I know they're supporting what we are praying for. So if you're not comfortable praying out loud, come anyway. We're going to focus on the three focus areas that we have uh, missionaries coming in next weekend. Uh, so we, we would love for you to be here because that's a part of how we partner. So it's going short term, it's praying, and then the third way to partner is to give. Philippians 4, verse 15 says this, again, the Apostle Paul. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Verse 16, even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. He's saying, look, it's not about the amount of money. But you are storing up treasures in heaven when you do this. I've received full payment and more. I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. Listen to what it's called. A fragrant offering. A sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in the glory in Christ Jesus. I want you to understand how important we see giving outside of ourselves to be. Last year we gave uh, over 364,000 to ministries outside of St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. That represents over 20% of our total giving. Some of that's budgeted Majority faith mission giving. Now that's not boasting about ourselves. It's boasting about God. It's boasting about his provision for us and through us and through our people. And we praise God for that generous spirit of our leadership in your congregation. So as we apply this, you have an, an insert in 
your worship, God. I encourage you to look at that. I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. I want you to read it later. But here in our church, we call our mission giving faith mission giving. A lot of churches call it faith promise giving. And I do want you to, to just point your attention to the first couple paragraphs. Mission of the World, which is our denomination's global missions arm, tells us that 10% of the churches in the PCA provide 90% of the finances for missions. St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church is in that 10%. They also tell us that of those 10%, 90% are using faith promise giving. We call it faith mission giving. So here's a little bit of our history. Of those who are giving the most to global missions, almost all, all are using that way of giving. Uh, so because of our commitment to global missions, we began faith mission giving in 2009. In 2008, uh, and by the way, I don't know if you remember what the economy was like back then. It wasn't good. But the mission team and the session had determined this is the way we ought to go. And we also determined that if this is the way God wants us to go, we can't look at the economic conditions and decide whether we will be obedient or not. So that's when we began it. At that time, our missions budget was 103000 In 2019 and 20, we promised by faith to give 255255 And so far, 208000 almost 209000 has been given. We have a, about another month of giving. So there's opportunity if God has provided for you that which you've promised to, to give, we give God all the glory for prompting our members to have generous hearts that wish to advance God's kingdom. Now, some of you are saying, well, what is faith mission giving? Those of you that have been around, we've, we've talked about it, and, and that's what this pamphlet talks about. It explains it. Um, uh, the point being that it is over and above our tithe and it is as God provides for us, we pass it back to him and we give. Um, how's the plan of giving work? Turn on the back of that. Number four. Next Sunday you'll be invited to participate. You'll be given a, a card where you can list the amount God has impressed upon you to trust him for during the coming year. And from the total promised, we'll set our mission budget for the next year. Now, you might say, oh, great, this is one of those pledge churches and they'll be bugging me about it all year long and all that. No, we won't. Because you can see to the right the card that if you fill one out, you will turn in. Now, this is actually half of it. There's a, there'll be a dotted line in the middle and an exact duplicate of that card, but 
What you see it says on that card is in dependence upon God's grace, I will seek to give blank beyond my tithe toward the global mission outreach of St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church uh, during this next year. And then it says, I understand I'll never be asked for it. This is a faith agreement between God and me. And you will also notice there's no place for you to put your name. This really is between you and God. We don't know who turns in cards. But we, by faith, take those numbers and we determine how much we can support and what ministries we can support. So we are encouraging you this week to be praying about that. You're free to take part or not take part. We hope everyone will take part. It's about what can I trust God for over and above my regular giving. And I don't care if it's a dollar for the rest of the year. I don't care if it's 50 cents. Whatever you can trust him for. God has been generous through our people and he has provided. I wish I could stand here and tell you all of the stories of what people have told me about how God has provided when they didn't know where those funds were coming from. So I want to leave you with several things about this week. The first is, do we believe Philippians 4.19? Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. That is what Paul said to those who had given generously to partner with him. He was saying, don't worry, God's way is he will now provide for you. Now, that's not the motivation. They didn't know that ahead of time, but you do. God will provide for you. I read this week about a, a, a pastor who had a person in his church and said, who said, I can't give uh, because I won't be able to pay my bills. And the pastor said, uh, well, how about you try giving this month, and I promise if you cannot pay your bills, I'll step in and pay them for you, okay? And the guy thought about it, and he said... Uh, Okay, we can do that. And then the pastor said, so you would trust my limited resources, but you're not ready to trust God whose resources are unlimited. So that's our first question is, do we believe God will supply every need of ours according, according to his riches? Not out of his riches, according to them. And they never run out. His don't. I can tell you that uh, as a pastor, I have never once met anyone who said, I regret that I've trusted God in my giving. I have never 
met anyone that said, I, I regret that I have given God too much. I have met many who have said, I've been cheap with God, or words to that effect. But let me leave you with what excites me the most about how much our mission giving has increased over the years. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He's saying your, your heart follows your treasure and it reveals it. And that's what excites me. Growing giving means hearts that are growing in a vision for global missions. That's what that indicates. It's not just that more money's going out, but that hearts are growing in commitment. And it's reflected in that way. Thanks be to God for that. Let's, let's pray together. Father, will you use your word and use our partnerships, including our faith mission giving, to introduce us to a new level of faith in you? Will you help us to be as fully dependent on you when we have more than we need than when we have little? By faith, Lord, will you help us to really know that, that we have nothing that was not given to us by you? And will you even use this process, this process of giving to remove the idols of materialism from our lives? Help us to glorify you. In our commitment, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.